Welcome to the Thrive Infertility Podcast brought to you by the Quillet Institute, your mental health resource to support you during your season of infertility. We are here to help you thrive. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Thrive Infertility Podcast. This is your host, Kathy Quillet, CEO of the Quillet Institute and of Tennessee Reproductive Therapy. I hope that you guys all had a really great weekend and that this week feels hopeful for you wherever you are in the middle of treatment. Mm, I'm just really aware that I'm just really aware of all the places you might be. I'm really aware of the people I got a new a new submission for somebody who needs some support today because they experienced a pregnancy loss. I got another submission for uh somebody yesterday who just struggling with five years of infertility. And I know that they both represent the heartache. I know that they represent just the heavy of living through the life crisis of infertility and loss. It is profound. It is heavy. It is lonely and it is real. I think if I could just creep into your ear for a minute and say the pain that you're experiencing is so real um, and you're so validated. And I just want to empower you to own that. Um, I think I've mentioned in this space before. Um, and I'll allude to it later in this. There's a guy who does a lot of work with mindfulness and he said, mindfulness, his name's John Kabat-Zinn. And he said, mindfulness is, is paying attention in the present moment on purpose and doing so non-judgmentally. And I really transition or transfer that into the world of infertility and loss and just grief and emotions in general. I think we live in such a fast paced society that we're so quick to move on from a circumstance. We, you know, a week after a burial, people are wondering if you're ready to get on with life and you're just thinking, I haven't even started grieving. I just, we just had the funeral and it's just an intense juxtaposition between what culture says that we can do with grief and what we actually need to do with pain. And so I'm really aware that as I record this a week that it's going to go out into the podcast fear, if that's a thing, that it's going to be the week of Mother's Day. And I know that I even say that and Hallmark rejoices and a lot of people cringe because those, you know, it's not just limited to those who haven't yet become a mom or who have lost their their children on earth that would make this Mother's Day feel a little bit more celebratory. But there's people who may not have had a good mom or maybe just didn't know their mom or their mom died or their mom's a deadbeat or they've lost touch or you know that maybe this will be your last Mother's Day with the mom whom you adore. There's so many reasons why this day is just so hard and Hallmark and, you know, all the, the really fluffy commercials online that are telling you, you have to go buy something for your mom because you just love her so much, just trigger so much. This space I'm in is not still struggling with infertility. Yeah, I'm was unable to have children, recurrent miscarriage. And yeah, I'm mom, but I think what weighs so heavily, my, my husband and I were just out on a date earlier and we're just talking like, what do you want to do for mother's day, Kath? And I was like, I don't know. My mom's not here. My mom, this will be the, the fourth year 
that my mom's not on this earth anymore. Cancer stole her um, from us two months before she turned 70. And well before I was ready, she was my best friend and somebody who I still ache to talk to. Um, Life has come to a place of, of peace and new normal that she's not here, but she's not here. And days like Mother's Day just illuminate and magnify the weight of that absence. And so I'm, that brings to awareness for me. My husband was a pastor for all of our infertility journey. And what comes to light for me when I think about infertility and Mother's Day and pregnancy loss and what have you was having to sit through church with like my head down, feeling like everybody here most likely is a mom and I'm not. And they're going to hand me that pink carnation when I walk out. And how do I get out of here without having to like refuse it and say, I'm so sorry, I'm not a mother, which actually happened one time. I got to the point where I was like, listen, you're going to hand out something to everybody assuming there's a mom. I'm going to make this awkward for you too. And I was like, hey, I'm not a mom. Remember my husband's preached about it from the stage. Not one of my healthiest moments of my life. However, <laughs> luckily I've done some, some growing and some healing since then. But it's not just limited to, to that. Um, in my own experience, it might be having to go to your mother-in-law's house and you know that there's going to be people there while everybody's pretending to be merry and festive and praising all that is maternal. And you might feel like, I just can't talk to great aunt Susie today. When she's going to walk in the door, she's going to ask me when I'm going to become a mom. And that's just uncomfortable. I don't want to go out to brunch with the family because everybody there is a mom and I'm not. I don't know what this space is for you, friend, but there are many and it might just feel like a landmine of fertile people next Sunday. And, you know, I'm really aware that even the week before Mother's Day is International Bereaved Mother's Day. And I almost wish, like, I'm glad that we as bereaved women get our own, like, holiday We don't make anything of it in society, do we? Those of us who have lost a pregnancy or an infant or, you know, just a mom who's lost in general, we all pass around these like flower drawn watercolors and they're like, hey, I see you. But we don't make anything of it normally. And I don't know why we have to have our own, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. I see both. You can like write me and be like, hey, I like it. And, and I do too. But I also feel like why can't we fit in the categories all the other moms? Why can't society see like you're a mom even though your baby's not here? And so if I say, if you're listening and you're like, I'm a mama but I had to bury him. I'm a mama, but I had to, I had to kiss her casket goodbye. I'm a mom and the baby only made it as far as my fallopian tube. I'm a mom and I didn't know that my baby had died inside of me for weeks. If you fall into any of those categories, I honor you on International Bereaved Mother's Day and I Say that you are to be considered and thought of and hugged hugely 
on the Mother's Day that everybody is more comfortable to recognize. It's a lonely feeling. I get it. And so let's talk about those of you who are waiting. Let's talk about those of you who have lost. How do we live Mother's Day? How do we live Mother's Day in a world full of fertile people when you're thinking, I want to crawl in a hole? Okay, so let's just talk about it. You know, I think going back to that quote that I said at the beginning about John Kabat-Zinn and mindfulness or what I'll call grief or seeing your emotions means paying attention on purpose in the present moment and doing so not non-judgmentally. That might look like on Mother's Day or the days upcoming to Mother's Day where you can say, I feel sad. I feel sad right now and I'm okay with it because the world is going to celebrate moms and I'm not. It's okay to say I feel angry right now. I remember thinking, and this isn't again a pretty moment, but I wanted to go around and like headbutt every pregnant belly. I don't know why I headbutt. I'm not a violent person. But it brought out this like deep-seated rage in me that I was like, I'm so angry. I have to take it out on their body. And listen, I never hurt a pregnant woman. I never really wanted to, let's be honest. But just the anguish of knowing that they were in that season and I wasn't was crippling. You might be saying, I feel jealous. And you know what? You're right in experiencing jealousy. They have something that you want. It's not a good look. It's not a place that we need to live. But I'm going to be the last person in line to shame you for that. In the week leading up to Mother's Day, even on Mother's Day, carve out space for you is a woman who has lots of hard feelings. Give yourself this space to be alone. I told my husband tonight, like, I don't know what I want to do for Mama's Day, but I need time to miss my mom. Can I not make a decision on what I want to do until I realize the space that I need to carve out for myself for hard? Because I feel so, as much as I want to celebrate the fact that, like, my family got completed through adoption. I also need the space to grieve all of the hard in the world of maternity for my life. And you get that same space too. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say bookend it with something great. I'm going to say bookend it with something that's going to take care of you as a woman. But those emotions, as uncomfortable as they might feel, are super duper appropriate. And so if I can offer you a permission slip to live in that space, let me do that for you. You have permission to grieve and feel sad and walk through those emotions on that day and every day really, but especially leading up to this. The second thing I want to mention, make a boundary. If somebody's like, hey, I want you to come to church with me and or even going to church and you feel like that is the hardest place for me to be on Sunday morning stay home if everybody wants you to go to brunch and you're feeling like I cannot go and sit on those tables with pink tulips and feel like I have to walk by all the pregnant people to get to my table or all the moms who are celebrating with their kids in tow stay home do things for you that day Honor your mom, Other, honor your mother-in-law, honor the people in your life who you celebrate their maternity, but also feel the freedom to do that in a space that feels really safe to you, even if that means that you have to make a boundary. 
Brene Brown, who I love her work in shame, um, says something to the effect, the effect, and I'm going to butcher it, but essentially like boundaries are the distance at which I can say, I love you to you, but also myself at the same time. And I think that's so powerful. If you need to make a boundary for yourself that says like, I love you, but I'm going to, I'm going to love you this way that day. And that's your boundary that you make for yourself and your mental health. Own it, live there, implement it. You need to do that. And here's something else I need to say that has just been really impressed upon me this last, I don't know how long it's been. I have no memory. We, at the core of who we are as women, have a really strong sense of femininity, right? Go with me here. Making broad sweeping generalizations, what does that mean? Femininity is nurturing, it's warm, it's creative, it's lovely, it is sometimes artistic, it is hospitable, okay? What are those parts of your femininity that you can't wait to express in your maternity? Let me say that again. What are the pieces of your femininity that you're excited to see in your maternity? My mom was the queen of hospitality. She always invited people in and she always found a reason to celebrate something. At her funeral, we didn't told people not to wear dark colors. And we didn't even have a funeral for her. We had a party and served her favorite liquor because she lived this life with such sparkle and passion. And it was huge. And that was, I think, how I remember her femininity. And it was also her maternity. And that's how she mothered us. For you, what are the parts of your femininity that you love? Do you love creativity? Do you love having people over? Do you love baking? Do you love rock climbing? And that's how you express yourself in nature as a woman. What is it for you? And can you tap into that piece of yourself? Can you tap into that piece of yourself in the upcoming week before Mother's Day or even on Mother's Day? Because there is this intrinsically beautiful piece in women that makes us amazing moms. And even before you, life takes you into this path of motherhood, how can you celebrate that piece of yourself? I would love if you find a way and then are able to say like, Kath, I potted a plant and I put it in my garden and it reminds me of the hope of my femininity and what I'm working towards my body, my body being able to do someday. I hope that this day and Father's Day coming up are, are even in their heart, even in their longing, I hope that they're beautiful, sweet days of hope and maybe some healing. And even in the hard, I think growth comes. And so even in the hard, tap into that. Again, don't live there forever. Don't pitch a tent, I always say. But it's okay if you have to live there for a minute this week as you process through all the emotions entail. Let me tell you about who I have upcoming on the podcast because I really do have other guests. I just really wanted to, to come in and talk about Mother's Day. Also, if you live in Tennessee, Tennessee Re- Reproductive Therapy is having an online event 
on Thursday. Go to TennesseeReproductiveTherapy.com to sign up. It's free and it's online and would love to have you there just talking about uh, other ways to get through um, to get through the holiday. Uh, Tennessee Reproductive Therapy, we are excited to, we've hired a new hire over in Memphis and she's going to join me on the call. She's going to start seeing clients shortly thereafter and she is just a peach of a human who I know is going to do great things in the Memphis area in the world of reproductive and maternal mental health. So you can join us on Thursday if you live in Tennessee. We'd love to have you. And let's just be honest, if you're outside of Tennessee, I'm not going to know that. So if you want to join us, that's cool. Um, so that's upcoming. Also next week on the podcast, I have Chelsea Caldwell. She is an assisted reproductive, uh, an attorney in Memphis, actually in Arkansas. And she is dynamic. We've already recorded that podcast and she is a wealth of information. The next week, uh, which I've already recorded to is Dr. Gordon from Southeastern Fertility in Knoxville. My, oh my, he has a heart work and we talk. So with Chelsea, we talk a lot about surrogacy, how to get into surrogacy. If you need to use a gestational carrier, how to get into that and all the law around it, especially here in Tennessee, Dr. Gordon does a lot of work with embryo donation and adoption. And he, oh boy, he knows it all. Um, he used to work in Virginia to really be a practice and moved to Knoxville to scale down so he could really get into the passion of the unborn and bringing them into life and giving people who, for whatever reason, um, don't know what to do with the embryos that they uh, no longer need in their family, how to use those to create families. And they have a really great thing going over at Southeastern Fertility and the National Embryo Donation Center. I always say that wrong. It's the NEDC. Um, so they're just great humans coming on and are really super passionate about what they do. So you're not going to want to miss those either. All right, loves, have a stellar week. Give yourself a gift this week. Honor your maternity. Make a boundary. Sit with those emotions. As hard as that might be, they're growing you into what hopefully one day will be one heck of a mama. I have so much gratitude for you and your story. And I can't wait until you have the perspective of hindsight and can be able to look back and say, I see it. I get what was going on. I know why we had to wait. It makes the days long here, but the gift one day will just be tremendous. Getting to look back and know what was going on. All right, loves, have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Thrive in Fertility brought to you by the Quillet Institute. Don't forget to check us out online at thequillitinstitute.com or at the Quillet Institute on Instagram and Facebook. Have a great day.